if you're self-employed, you learn the mindset stuff, you go to events, you invest in your business education, your marketing strategy, you develop the success habits to do all the good stuff that you're supposed to be doing, but it feels a little still chaotic, then you're going to want to listen to today's podcast. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use their stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Welcome, welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is Jules Dan. Thank you very much for joining me today. So let's get straight into it today with my guest. His name is Jeffrey Shaw. He is the host of the Self-Employed Life podcast. It's a big, big podcast. Gets over 30K downloads a month. Um, And I've got Jeffrey's bio here. I really like it. Um, You'll learn a little bit at the start as well. So how many people can say they've never worked for anyone else? Selling eggs door-to-door at 14 years old began a lifetime of self-employment. As a speaker and small business consultant, Jeffrey Shaw helps small self-employed and small business owners gain control of their business in what seems like uncontrollable circumstances. I think we can all speak for that in 2020. Uh, drawing on his experience as a formerly renowned portrait photographer, Jeffrey shows business owners how to compose the often chaotic pieces of running your own business like a photographer composes an image to create sustainable success. Jeffrey Shaw is a TEDx speaker, the host of the Self-Employed Life podcast with over a million downloads, author of Lingo, Discover Your Ideal Customer's Secret Language and Make Your Business Irresistible, and the forthcoming book, which we're going to talk about today, The Self-Employed Life, Business and Personal Development Strategies That Create Sustainable Success. So, I am... I've got that pre-order on its way. Well, as we're recording this, it's on its way. And uh, we're going to be, what better than to talk to the author direct and for me to sort of, because I I love to be really curious and speak on behalf of the audience and dissect what what, are the main principles behind the book. Uh, So that way, if you think it's a good fit for you, then go ahead. And and I thoroughly believe if you are self-employed, you're doing this on your own, you're going to definitely want to check out... uh, Jeffrey's offer. We have two little offers in here. One is that if you get his book and you email him his receipt, he's going to give you access to this super cool summit that only is accessible if you buy the book. So you'll hear about that at the end. He's also got something you know I'm really dear about is uh, he did a two-hour masterclass on how to get onto podcasts and how to be a good guest. So all those goodies will be in the description below. But without further ado, enjoy my conversation today with Jeffrey Shaw from the Self-Employed Life podcast. Hey, this is Jules Dan here from Storytelling Secrets, and I'm joined by Jeffrey Shaw from the Self-Employed Life podcast. Jeffrey, thanks so much for take, taking some time to come on my show today. Uh, Jules, I'm thrilled to be here with you. Yep, I'm really thrilled too. We we spoke about a bunch of cool stuff, especially if you're in you're self-employed. Um, 
that Jeffrey's written a whole, he's got a book coming out about it and we're going to be deconstructing all the principles inside of that. Um, but before we get into that, Jeffrey, I was wondering if you could take me back a little bit of your cliff notes story of how you got to where you are. Cause we spoke at the call you do, like you do consulting, you do a bit of speaking, you do a bit of coaching and you're an author, obviously. So yeah, I'd love to sort of hear the backstory behind all that. Sure. Well, everything I know about business today came from selling eggs door to door when I was 14 years old. And before you knew it, I became, I know, well, I'm sure we'll deconstruct that. And then I became one of the, uh, the, the most successful portrait photographers in the United States, working with the most affluent families in the United States as their portrait photographer, that evolved to what I do today as a, a brand consultant, a consultant to small businesses, speaker, author, and it's the craziest journey to go from one piece to another. And it's one of the most common questions I ask. People ask, like, how in the world did you go from A to Z? I'm like, well, that's a story in itself. From egg to Z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's um, awesome I, so 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 i just got to ask so how did it go was it was it egg did i hear correctly egg salesman eggs as in chicken yeah. eggs yeah yeah so, so, yeah, so i sold egg, I, good i was gonna say how that transition from uh eggs door to door to affluent portrait photography like that, that's a big <laughs> exactly jump. so yes and no i mean here's the crazy thing so I'll tell you the story about the, the eggs. Um, so I grew up in a small country town about two hours north of uh, New York City. And back in the day, I mean, two hours was a big difference. So it was really in the middle of nowhere. But it was a crazy upbringing because the reason we lived there, because really there would be no other reason to live there. <laughs> the only reason we lived there is that my father was one of the first 90 employees of what was to become a startup computer company, which became known as IBM. Right. So here IBM, this, this, you know, 1967, this, this upcoming computer company bought up masses of pieces of land that were cheap. So it was farmland and they were just buying yep. up all this farmland. So I, what a weird upbringing, right? I mean, I, we, it was so remote. We shared our phone number with like five or seven families, uh, not family, it could be like one part called a party line. It was like one telephone line for like five or seven families. But meanwhile, my father was bringing home computers and I was learning DOS at, you know, eight years old. And uh, he was telling me about the future of the world and thinking he was just nuts, like, you know, crazy stuff. Like someday there would be barcodes on things and we'll just scan them at your register. I'm like, what are you smoking? <laughs> like, it was just so odd, right? So it was a really weird upbringing, but the, because it was the country and most people that live there were transplanted from New York City. So at 14 years old, you know, you're at that age, you want to figure out how to make some money. And one thing the area had a lot of was, was chickens. So I struck a deal with a local farmer to buy chicken eggs wholesale or the eggs. I bought the eggs wholesale for 25 cents. Yep. And he also supplied the cardboard cartons. And then I went on a Thursday, I stuffed all these cardboard cartons. And then on Saturdays, I drove around door to door. Now this is you know two years too early to even have a driver's license, but it's the country. Nobody's going to care. Um, and I sold the eggs for $1.25 a dozen. So I had a $1 profit per dozen. Yeah, okay, this is a killer up. business. But <laughs> yeah, and the crazy thing is I since have done the research to find out that the average cost of a dozen eggs in 1978 when I was 14 was 78 cents. So I was like way above market. Premium but I didn't eggs. care. Right, premium <laughs> eggs. I didn't care. Like I, I didn't even care about what the, the people paid for them in the grocery store because to me, the hook was, and it wasn't even that it was door-to-door -door service. The big hook for me 
marketing this egg business was that most of the people that lived there were transplants from New York City and horrified, like especially the women, the, the housewives, the wives at home with the kids were like dumped in the middle of nowhere, used to living in New York City, but their husband yeah. took a job. So they were not happy. So I tapped into that. And, and but the idea there was like cachet for city people. There was a real cachet to farm fresh eggs. So to the point, Jules, and I, I, this story always cracks people up. I don't know how I thought to do this at 14 years old, but the eggs had a lot of chicken poop on them. So I would clean the eggs off. But then one day I realized not to entirely clean the chicken poop off because that made them <laughs> yeah. more authentic. Yeah. Right. So then they were truly farm fresh eggs right from the farm because they had a little bit of chicken poop on them. So this was a killer business. Like at 14 yeah. years old, I learned a lot. Now, how did that lead to photography? Well, you know, you grow up and you need to actually figure out what you're going to do the rest of your life. And the reason I chose photography was the very same challenge I faced selling eggs, which I think is one of, I think one of the core lessons that about being self-employed is that I was a, an unbearably shy kid up until my mid twenties. If it were up to me, I would never see another person in the world, which is why I chose photography. Yeah. I chose photography specifically because back in the day you had dark rooms and, you know, if I was going to look at anybody, I was going to have this big camera back in the day, there were big cameras in front of my face. So there was a barrier. And, um, I'll tell you what, selling those eggs, it was probably the scariest. I mean, I used to want to vomit before I'd go knock on somebody's door to sell them eggs, mm -hmm. even regular customers, because I was so painfully shy. But here's what that taught me more than anything about being an entrepreneur and being self-employed is, man, we will do anything to make our dreams come true. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I mean, we will put, and what I realized is that First of all, I had to figure out like, why am I willing to do this? Why are any of us willing to do what we go through as self-employed business owners? Like, this is not the easy road. What motivates us and what drives us? And it's rarely the money, right? Because money, there are easier ways to make money. There's something else. And for me, what has always driven me in business is that the reward of putting together the pieces of the puzzle is greater than my fear, right? I just love that business is one big, massive puzzle. And I'm willing to work through my fear to keep going forward to figure out what the pieces of that puzzle are. So to me, selling eggs door to door and becoming a photographer for affluent families and being a speaker today, they all have that same element of way beyond my comfort zone, scary, but mm -hmm. I do it anyway, because I believe there's more in me than if I don't do it. Like I have to do it because I have to find more of myself. Yeah, that's self-discovery. I'm still on that jump. I'm only 26 um, and it's been very fun so far, that journey, and also very scary. One thing I haven't read is that a lot of successful salespeople, uh, copywriters, entrepreneurs, they started in door-to-door -door sales. So obviously you've done the right thing. And I don't know if you've heard of Kevin O'Leary. I heard his, sure. his moment of when I'm never being an employee again, I'm only going to be working for myself, is when... He worked at an ice cream store and there was this part where everyone dropped the gum right near oh. everywhere they had like the ice cream window. And at the end of the day, people drop all the gum and, and then the woman asked, hey, can you get this scraper and scrape all the gum off? But meanwhile, he had his this girl he fancied across the shop from over there. He didn't want to get down on his knees and he said, no. And she said, you're fired. Wow. And that's, I, never, that's I never heard that story. That's awesome. Oh, it was so I good. tell you, for me, 
I mean, I literally, I was so shy. I was the proverbial geek. Like, I mean, I, I felt unlikable, mm. probably unloved. I fit, I felt I didn't fit in. Like I did not hang out with all the other kids in the neighborhood. And we were all, all the families were IBMers, right? Everybody was an IBMer because that's yeah. the only reason you would live there. And, you know, there was the kids would connect and I just felt so out of place that I just figured, I actually thought of myself as being unemployable. Like there was no way anybody would hire me. I had no skill set. I didn't dream of going to college. Um, I didn't think that would be an option for me because I didn't think my parents would be able to afford it. Um, and I, I didn't want to go to college. I figured that would scare me. Um, I just figured I was downright unemployable and I better, better figure out what to do with my life on my own. That's why I became self-employed. <laughs> That's really interesting. I haven't heard that perspective before and it's obviously worked out for you. So um, I know when now when I tell people these stories, they're like, there's no way you're a professional speaker. Like people think I'm an extrovert and you know, and what we could argue what the difference between introvert and extrovert because there's different theories, right? The clinical yeah. difference is how do you regain energy? Do you regain energy by being alone like an introvert or do you regain energy by being around other people? And, um, you know, so it's not necessarily clinically based on behavior, but, uh, so yeah, behaviorally I'm pretty extroverted, but for the very same reason at, at 14 years old, the reason I'm extroverted and the reason I do, and I believe any of us do what we do is because the, the impact I want to make in the world is bigger than my fear. Right. I mean, believe me, I, and, and not that any of us love a pandemic, but I don't mind being in lockdown at home. Like this is kind of my dream scenario of how I'd like to live, right? You know, um, but, and I haven't had that strong hankering like other people have had to like get back out in the world. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. If I can connect with people on Zoom and podcasts and yeah. actually never leave my apartment, this, this works for me. Like this is kind of to my natural orientation. But you know what? When the time allows, I will be the first one out there on stages. I'll be the first one living life as big as I can because the impact I want to have in the world is bigger than my fear. Yeah. And on that, you said the impact that you want in the world is bigger than your fear. Um, let's talk about your book and some of the principles. Is yeah. that one of the mistakes some people might have when they say go into the self-employed life, for instance? Um, maybe, maybe they get in there for the wrong reasons or maybe... I don't know, they can't find their why and that's why they can't push through roadblocks. Yeah, we'd love to sort of discuss yeah. those few mistakes. Yeah, that's the thing. And I, that's what we very carefully called the book, The Self-Employed Life. Because first of all, there's, there's no, if you go to Amazon, there are literally no books for self-employed business owners. I mean, if you Google self-employed or Google, if you search self-employed in Amazon, mm -hmm. it'll be books is about taxation and how to make six figures when you're self-employed. I mean, it's really boring stuff. Yeah. Um, but what nobody talks about is what it feels like to live the life of a self-employed person, because it is different than any other. I'm not saying it's easier. I, I will say, I think it's harder. But, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult having a job where you could walk in one day and get fired too. And I, I respect that. I always say that when you're self-employed, at least it's a slow, painful death <laughs> as opposed yeah. to walking in and just getting fired, right? So, you know, I don't want to say one is easier, but it is definitely different when you're self-employed. And I think one of the big mistakes people make is that they're unprepared for how it pushes you personally. Person, pushes you personally to develop. On some level, people know that, but when you get in there and when you become self-employed, 
either your success is going to push you to live up to the success in a way that you're not ready yet, right? That's what happened to me with photography. I became a photographer so nobody would see me, but I happened to be really talented at it. And next thing I know, I was winning national awards. I went off to photography school, getting scholarships. I I was thrown up on stage as the representative of the entire photography school at graduation. And I'm giving my first keynote address, you know? Uh, Meanwhile, I'm still dealing with fear and shyness. But the, the very profession I chose to hide for the world wound up putting me front stage. So if there's a way in which our success in business being self-employed pushes us to live up to a higher, we had to find more in ourselves. But on the other hand, when we want to go to the next level, when we want to have more success, success, success in our life, we also have to turn to ourselves to develop ourselves to be ready for that success. Right. So anytime I, anytime I want to take my business to the next level, I do inner work first. I, I work on um, my own capacity for the success, whether it's capacity of time or whether it's my belief, usually it's my belief system. Yep. Right? I know quite honestly, Jules, right now I feel at the cusp of something really big happening because of this book. And I am mentally increasing my capacity to prepare for that, to identify myself as a more successful person, to, um, I have a mantra I recite to myself when I walk my dog in the morning, I say to myself, I am uh, the world's leading authority for self-employed business owners. And that was really scary for me to say to myself at first, like I am the world's leading authority on self-employed business owners. That, that's the practice I do to develop myself, to step into that. Like I've never called myself the world's authority on anything before. So for me to own that space, but that's, I'm stepping into that role. And I feel like it's a lane I can own because nobody else owns it. Nobody else is out there talking about what self-employed people need to know about. Yep. That's what I mean about developing yourself personally. Like I'm stepping into that, being the world's authority for self-employed business owners. And that's a personal growth. That will, that will not only manifest that happening, but it will also help me strategize to make sure that happens. Yeah. I, I love your, um, your mindfulness routine or whatever, um, whatever you like to call it, um, visualizing. Um, I think it's absolutely fantastic. This is what you said, what you've done to anticipate something that's coming in the future. Sometimes obviously this thing's just thrown at you. Um, but I've, obviously those are the times they're really tested, but I've, I've also found like, for instance, I've got a launch coming up for a client. It could really open up some doors if I made a success for them. And, and I'm doing the very similar thing, mentally rehearsing things that are going, that I really want to happen. Um, yeah. You know, visualizing the success, um, him raving about myself and man, like, I just feel like you and I are just on the same level because that's yeah. just like, this is exactly like how I think. A lot of us are self-employed. Like there's a certain essence of who you are to make the t- to take the journey of being self-employed, which is why I can write this book and why I can yeah. say I'm the leading authority because I am the audience. I am the reader of this. You know, um, the, one of the, the, do you know who Simon Sinek is? Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, a golden the, circle guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, incredible. And he's huge. And um, I had, I had an author reach out to me to do a covered endorsement for her book. And I thought, I'm not cover endorsement of a book worthy. Like I've done endorsements for inside the back, but yeah, the cover endorsement of a book is a big deal. 
And she said to me that the gentleman who made the introduction told her, ask Jeffrey Shaw to do the cover endorsement because a year from now, it's going to be like trying to get an endorsement from Simon Sinek from him. Uh, nice. And I'm thinking, really? Like, and again, increased capacity. I did a TEDx talk and the main topic of that TEDx talk is that often more people often see more in us than we see in ourselves. And this guy saw more. I'm like, I never saw that in myself. I don't, I don't, I hadn't even begun visualizing who I am a year from now as big as Simon Sinek. Like really, I wouldn't even stretch my mind that far. But other people often can see what's ahead for you before you can see it. And that's another way of increasing your capacity for success. When people are telling you you're going to be big, when people are telling you this is what's in your future, yep. believe them, right? Because often people can see more in us. Uh, and I'll, I'll share a personal insight of that, which for whatever reason is so relatable for people. I, I, I'm, I'm a gay man. I came out at 44 years old. And uh, after I've been married for 19 years and divorced for several years, and then finally figured it out. I always say I'm a slow learner, but I figured it out. But think about how many people listening, how many people know someone that came out and nobody else was surprised, <laughs> right? Yep. Right. It's because the people around you, it's like, yeah, I, I can't tell you how many people I know that came out. I'm like, yeah, I was just waiting for you to see it in yourself right? You had your suspicion. You either thought for sure it was true. But the truth is, is that often people can see something in us before we see it, before we've come to the awareness. And when it comes to the same principle holds true in success, people often see your X factor before you do. So then how would you tap into that to your advantage if you're a self-employed person? Gosh, I, you know, I definitely am a believer. I mean, what I teach in the book and what I introduce in the book and I say introduce because I don't, nobody's ever put it together this way before is uh, I call it the self-employed ecosystem mm -hmm. because what I, the, what are the core problems I wanted to solve for self-employed business owners is that we're always accused of running all over the place and lacking focus, but no one has put together everything we need in one place, right? If, if, and I say that, uh, you know, somewhat sarcastically because it's true, but if, being successful self-employed requires that you have the right mindsets, personal development, you have the business strategies that you need to build a successful business, and you need daily habits to sustain you through the ups and downs and to keep you going and motivated. All right. If we need all that, what happens is when we're self-employed, we wind up hiring a mindset coach to make us stretch further. We attend yeah. conferences to take classes. We buy every webinar and training available. We're being sent all over the place yep. really to accomplish those three pieces. Yep. So what I've done in this book is because I, I only, I know that because I am that person, I am the audience. So what I've done is put those three pieces together. And that's why it's called the self-employed life. Cause when you're self-employed, there's no division between your business and your personal life. And you need the mindsets, you need the business strategies, and you need the daily habits to sustain you. And if any Jules, and if any one of those pieces is off, like an ecosystem in nature, you never have a fully healthy ecosystem if any one of those pieces is off. Yeah. It sounds like you're a bit of a fortune teller how you said we go off to events and then we hire a mindset coach and like, I've, and all the above, that's exactly what I've done. And, We've been forced to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, one of the things my coach always says is that you just, like you said as well, is like, 
just get into the habit of separating you from your business and your personal life. And that can be really hard when it is your life. So I, yeah. I, I was wondering if we could maybe talk about that because that might be a really big problem with some people. How do you detach yourself, you from Jeffrey's business? I don't. I actually have a completely opposite philosophy. I mean, the really? fact of the matter cool. is why fight against what's natural? What's natural when you're self-employed mm-hmm. is that, you know, there's an integrate now that's not to say like as self-employed as, as professionals, there are times we have to show up for our clients or, you know, there have been many times, not many, but a few times I should say that I've had to step on stage to speak to an audience when all hell has broken lo- loose in my personal life, one reason or another. And these are the things that we do, right? We step up because we, we have to honor our obligations, And it's an ongoing balance for us. I mean, there are, on the other hand, I also believe we should give ourselves grace and there are days that we should be, you know, you might want to call it in. One of the, one of the things I offer in the book uh, as a business strategy is if you were to have a corporate job, there's a good chance in that corporate job, maybe you would have summer Fridays and you'd get out at noon on Fridays. You without a doubt would have vacation time, you would probably have maybe five sick days and maybe five personal days. So one of the things I tell self-employed business owners is you need to do that for yourself, right? And I need paid days. So I grant myself grace of having five personal days and five sick days so that if I get up someday and my mental capacity isn't such that I can, I want to even do my job, I'm allowed five times a year to call it in as a personal day because you have that luxury if you have a job, Yep. right? Because otherwise we live under this tremendous weight that we have to show up all the time for everybody and it's not sustainable. So I have the opposite philosophy, Jules. I, I am not trying to separate myself because that's just like weird. Like it's a split personality and we have to be more realistic and say, you know what? The bottom line is what's going on in our personal life is going to affect our business. What's going on in our business is going to affect our personal life. Yep. How do we just work with that while at the same time maintaining boundaries? And, and to me, again, that comes down to the practices. Uh, I have what I call an end of day boundary of joy. My end of day boundary of joy is at 530 where I live Eastern time in Miami. And I take a two hour walk with my dog right? That is my end of day boundary of joy, mm-hmm. right? Because so there's a bookend. Now I will tell you like a lot of self-employed people, I will come back, I'll eat dinner, probably at nine o'clock. I'm going to sit down on the couch and I'm going to have my laptop on my lap and I'm going to do some work that doesn't require a lot of headspace, but yep. th- little tasks I can get done. Right. Um, I call it, I call it the third shift. I literally have a name for that too, because I'm going to do it. Right. And, and I'm not going to beat myself up now. I'm in a position. I have three adult kids. I don't have kids at home, just my partner and I, um, he's patient, very patient, but I don't try to play this game. Like the two are completely separate. I try to just make them work together while also having very strict boundaries, like my boundary of joy at the end of the day, also having boundaries as to how do I preserve myself? How do I maintain my health? Yep. How do I shut off 182? But it's all integrated. Yeah, I completely agree with with what you're saying. Like, I, I do the exact same thing. Where part one of the day is where you do like your hard thinking stuff. Yeah. Part two, whenever you, whenever that is for you, 
that's the tasks where you know you could just cruise by it. you could you could put music on maybe you can have something to drink while you're doing it i'm not sure if that's yeah. what you like to do as well but yeah completely agree what you're doing there and i would love to really touch on sort of like what are those daily habits that you use to make sure you're at 100 and when you have maybe those lows that you rebound much faster yeah um and this was one of the core see i wrote the book i wrote the self-employed life with uh, and i um I start the book off this way. Like it's a core concept. I have asked over the years, I have asked countless self-employed people what motivated them to become self-employed. And everybody has the same answer. Like, can I, can I play with you? Can I ask you like, why did you become self-employed? Uh, Oh, because I was actually a personal trainer and I realized that I wanted to do, I was sick of doing one-to-one and I wanted to do one-to-many. I wanted to impact more people. Yeah. So in one form or another, similarly, everybody does control in every issue, in every answer, right? When I ask people, why'd you become self-employed? People are like, well, I want to control my destiny. I want to control my future. I wanted to control who I worked with. I wanted to control the hours that I work, right? There's some element. And I always, and I always joke. That part well, too, don't, don't get me wrong. That, that was also top of mind as yeah. well. But I think even what, you're, but even what you said, the going from one-to-one, going to many is you want to control over your future. You want to control over who you chose, to, who you worked with and what your yeah. life looked like, right? Because why does somebody want to go from one-to-one to one-to-many is because you got tired of trading time for money. So you decide you want to go one-to-many. Smart business strategy. So there's an element of control to which I always say, and how's that going for you? And everybody laughs like, yeah, the control of my life that I thought I was going to get, I realized being self-employed is completely out of control. Like who would have predicted we have a global pandemic in 2020 that would disrupt the whole, who could possibly, I guess there were some people that predicted it, but that's a whole other topic. (laughs) Um, But I mean, who could think of such a thing in in business and how that would impact your business? So the the real concept of the business, the book is around that idea that we go into business to be self, we become self-employed to control our lives and realize that it's completely out of control. So I wanted to write a book introducing this ecosystem Because what I know is that as challenging as it is, you can have so much more control over your business than you think. You can have far more control over the outcome if you know how to set up the environment, right? Once you've set up the environment, you know what, Jules, there's not a whole lot you can do. But if you do everything right, if you set up the environment, you have the right mindset, the right in, the right strategies, and they're the right strategies for your small business. If you've done all that, and if for some reason it doesn't work out, can you really blame yourself? No, you've done all you can. So mm-hmm. I'm a huge proponent of set the environment and let the magic happen. The reason I talk about daily habits is that I also realized that I can I can give people as much control of their business as possible, but at the end of the day, it's a crazy lifestyle. We also need skills to manage the ups and downs. We need skills to manage when things go haywire. And that is exactly what the daily habits do. The daily habits, when done on a regular basis, relate to how stable your experience is as a self-employed person. So they're kind of their daily habits that are super concise. I would say anybody, anybody can do what I suggest in under 20 minutes, 15 minutes or so, but will have a tangible effect of stability in your life. So do you mind if we hear you some want to know of those, some. those yeah. habits? Yeah. yeah. Now, mind you, this is 15 minutes in my morning of which really my, my morning routine is like three hours long, but they're not all habits. It's just the way I live. Like I wake up, I read for an hour, 
I have chai tea every morning. Like some of his rituals and some of its habits, right? The ritual of making chai tea, like authentic masala chai tea, boiling the milk and the whole thing. Um, and then I read for an hour, at least an hour every day. Uh, that just f- feeds me. So I read for at least an hour. Uh, I take my dog for a 45 minute walk. Um, but even there, as I'd mentioned earlier, like I am affirming to myself that I'm the world's authority for self-employed business owners while I'm walking my dog. So I'm being time efficient. The tangible 15 minute practices that I, then that is definitely one of the habits. One of the habits is just affirming the outcome you want. Um, I like to, when it comes to, you mentioned earlier about visualizing. Yep. I like to visualize again. I don't, I don't recommend to anybody anything that I don't think can bring a tangible result. So, Hey, you know what? Vision boards are great, but it's vision boards to me are so loosey goosey. I don't know what to do with that. Like I like results. (laughs) So I like to visualize and set intention. And this is one of the things I teach in the book about setting intentions. I set and I, I guide my clients to set intentions in a very specific format that I call from to. So your intention is I want to go from this to that, right? So you might want to go from, uh, I want to go from not having enough money to having more than enough money. Mm-hmm. It's very specific. And it's not just from ha- not having enough money to having enough money. No, you want to have more than enough money. Um, yeah. Right. So it's very from, from two is the format. You want to go from this to that so that it's a specific intention and not just some, I want to be successful. I want to be something broad. It's too broad. Mm -hmm. Um, The other practice I talk about all the time, because it really is my most favorite practice. And the one that I think brings the most tangible results is what I call a what's going right journal, which is similar to a gratitude journal, but gratitude journals to me didn't work. Because again, they're too broad. If I wake up and I'm breathing, I'm pretty grateful, right? So I, that's just who I am as a mind. I'm such a positive, optimistic person that I'm, I can be grateful for a million things, but I want to know what I can do to bring tangible results. The what's going right journal is a practice of writing down what's going right is, like what's going right in your life. What's going right is blank, right? What's going right is I got a new client. What's going right is um, you know, people are introducing me to good leads. What's going right is I'm, I'm stretching myself beyond my comfort zone. What's going right is because what we know based on, you know, whether it's a woo woo manifestation process, you want to think about it or the Mm -hmm. actual priming the science of priming the brain. What we know is that the brain will focus on what it gets. It will focus on what it's, it will get more of what it's focusing on. So if you're focusing on what's going right, guaranteed, you will start seeing more of what's going right. Even in the smallest thing, oh my God, that's going right for me. That's yeah. going right for me. Yeah. Even if, it, if it's like it one thing. It has a tangible result. Yeah, exactly. And, and even if it's not like you got that client or you got that big result for, I don't know, or a client, um, it might be just because if I'm not sure if this was how you were at the start, but we got to find clients as self-employed and we got to prospect most days. And so and it, sometimes it can be really difficult to show up and be like, I need a prospect after doing a whole day of client work. Um, yeah. So even just showing up and ticking off the box, like, yes, I did some sort of outreach today. Um, Correct. I, I love doing that. 
Um, that's in my, just at the end of my journal, I'm just like, what did I do today? Tick, tick, tick. Similar to what yeah. you've done there. Curious yeah. to know um, the vision board thing. Cause I actually have a vision board and I, I've got it on my wall and it's, it's not there to necessarily to be like, hope this is going to manifest. It's just when I get down, I don't feel like doing it. I look, I want to get motivated. I'm like, great. That's what I'm working for. Um, how, how do you sort of have that? Maybe you have more of a deep internal why or what gets you through that motive? What, what motivates you when you're feeling like, I really don't feel like doing this right now. Yeah. Well, it's, I will say it's one of the things I love about the what's going right journal, because when everything's going to hell, it's even more important you do it and it's harder, right? If on the surface, you're feeling like nothing is going right, that is the, exactly when you want to dig for what's going right, because mm. <laughs> that's how you reverse it. Yeah. Right. Think of it as literally reversing the momentum because if you're, if all your focus, it's the same as psychology with money. The more people, here's, here's the scenario. People rarely check their bank accounts when they know they have more than enough money. Yeah. Right? But when you don't have enough, you're checking it all the time. So what are you focusing on? You're focusing on not having enough. Yeah. On lack. You're focusing on living on the edge. Right. But when you know your cash flow in a good position, when you know you don't have to worry about whether that check's going to clear and the bill, if, whether you have money to pay the bills, you're not even looking. But the moment, you know, so you're going to get more. So that's it. You have to break the habit of what you're looking at. If, if you're looking at, you know, the line, you're going to stay on the line. So things that keep me going for one is I, every year I start my year off with a theme. Uh, I kind of look at the theme as a North star. Like some people pick a word of the year or things like that. All those are great. I like a theme. I like to have a, I think of the theme as um, kind of an intersection between what I can feel is right for me at this stage in my life, what I want and whether the universe agrees with me or not. Because there are sometimes, I'd say often, there's a way that, there's something we want, like we want to be the, we want to be the world's, we want to be the world's leading authority in something. Yeah. But deep in my heart, I'm like, yeah, I haven't positioned myself up for that reality yet. Right. So the universe isn't going to agree with me. It doesn't matter how much I want it. Right. Um, I talk about this a lot with my TEDx talk because it took me 13 times. I fill out 13 TEDx applications. And in hindsight, I said, you know what? I wasn't ready any one of the 12 times before that. And I know it now. And the reason I wasn't getting it is because I wasn't even getting my point across clearly. Why? Because I wasn't ready. So to me, the theme is an intersection of, hey, this is what I want. It feels right at this stage of my life and I'm set up for it. So I am inclined to believe the universe will agree with me. So I can wholeheartedly think that I think this could be my time to be the world's leading authority for self-employed business owners because I've done the work. I've positioned myself. The, the assets are in place. I've written the book. It's believable it can happen. Okay. Yep. And that's an important intersection. So I have that, I have that theme written on a chalkboard outside my shower. So when I walk out that shower, that theme is glaring at me every morning. Um, that really helps me. Um, I'm big into positive post-it notes, wherever I need to have them. Uh, I've got my daily practices, right? Um, I also, what keeps me going is, you know, you've got to know your own circadian rhythm and, and how your brain works. And that two hour walk that I take at the end of the day is literally my most productive two hours of the entire day. Because once I'm out for 15, 20 minutes and my brain is at ease, 
the ideas that I come mm. up with are yeah. crazy. Oh, I'm the exact same. Yeah. Right. So I just, I'm taking, I'm reciting notes into my phone the whole time I'm walking and then I can unpack those later and I can do something with them. But I'm telling you the best content, the best things that I've come up with, the best actions I've taken in the past year have been a result of that two hour walk. Yeah. I'm just curious as well, Jeffrey. So do you listen with stimulus like headphones or like podcasts I don't, or music? Not or usually. Just, yeah. Okay. So I usually playing. just, yeah, I actually, I live in, I live downtown Miami and I love city noises. And then again, knowing what, what, where you find energy, ironically, and I know this probably makes no sense, but you know, a lot of life doesn't make sense. I am an introvert, but I love like when, even living in Manhattan, when I wanted to recharge, I would go to Times Square. Because one of the things I love about living in the city is that you are kind of invisible. <laughs> you know, I'm one of yeah. many. So I can't, ima- I can't imagine having really big success in a small world because then everybody's looking at you. That would scare the crap out of me. <laughs> yep. So I li- I'm a city guy because, so I don't, I don't usually listen to music or podcasts and anything while I'm walking because I like the honking. I like the the honking of the horns and all. I like the city noise because it's, it becomes literally white noise for me. And that actually is what activates my brain. Interesting. Interesting. I'll have to give a shot. I actually don't live by the city anymore. Um, so maybe and I have the advantage of, I mean, I'm living on a city on the ocean, so I can take a, I can take a step over to the next block and I'm walking on the beach. So, yeah. you know, which is a different type of white noise. So it's, that's, that's, that's what I do. I love that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hey, so it can get me both. Had to wrap up. Um, I know you got your book coming out, um, but I was wondering if you could speak to the audience. Who who would be a good fit for this book? Like, who should buy this book? Like, what uh, if this book would be perfect? If dot dot dot. Yeah. So, and I, we've had we had a uh, quite a number of advanced readers, and that was one of the questions I asked them. Like, who would this book be for? And I wrote the book for self-employed business owners that have probably been in business for a number of years, whether it's four years or 20 years. Um, I didn't write it for startup self-employed because I think there's a little bit of a a nuance there, a little different way of thinking. However, a lot of people that read the book said, you know, this would save startups years of figuring this stuff out. (laughs) So I agree with that too. So to me, it is, you know, it's an entrepreneurial book. Anybody who is self-employed by definition, an entrepreneur, um, I also have a huge fondness for people that are kind of midlife and, and choosing at that point of life to start our business. I think that's crazy. And the other thing that Jules that has come up since I wrote the book is that here in the U S anyway, although I think it's probably pretty true worldwide, we have the highest rate of unemployment here in the U S that we've had since the great depression in 1929 due to the pandemic. Yeah. Sucks. And what, ha- right. And in, in times of high unemployment, self-employment goes way up because people create jobs from themselves. They have to pay their bills. So my timing, another reason why I think the yeah. universe is in agreement with me, the timing of this book is ridiculous. Yeah, pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't planned because I wrote the book a year ago. It wasn't planned that way, but as it turned out, the timing for this to come out on May 4th is a uh, pretty blessed. <laughs> Yes. And so this is, this episode will be coming out March the 19th. Could you also talk about what would my listeners get if they pre-order? Yeah. So what a happy coincidence. And again, um, you know, I did, 
you cannot imagine all that I accomplished last year. And I won't even go into it all, but I mean, writing a book was almost just a small part of it. Like yeah. last year was life-changing for me because I got so much clarity in writing this book about who I'm for, like, why am I on this planet earth? Like it is to help self-employed people. And um, so everything I'm doing is coming from a place of mission, like coming from a place of like really a true act of service. And uh, one of the things I realized in trying to research getting speaking gigs is that there are no events for self-employed business owners, like small business, maybe entrepreneurship, right? So I decided if it doesn't, I'm just going to create my own. So what I did was I created a two-day online summit that is April 12th and April 13th. Um, because I'm a professional speaker, I have access to the most amazing speakers who are doing this for free and that you would otherwise pay a boat. Organizations pay these folks five yeah, figures and you know a lot um, to, to speak. So they're the best speakers in the world, in my opinion. And they've said yes, because we're friends and because they also stand behind this mission to help self-employed business owners. So access to these, this two day summits, the self-employed summit access is the pre-order of the book. So you pre-order the book for 1795, you prove purchase by just sending me the receipt or something. And, uh, you have access to, for 1795, you get an amazing book that I hope will change your life and you have access to these two days of speakers. I believe this summit is going to be world changing for people. And that's, and, and since I created it now, we're thinking it's going to be a, an annual event because there just isn't enough help for out there for us. Yeah. So that's, well, that's well, I'll be here. I'll be there to help you, Jeffrey. So I'll be buying the book. Good. I'll be going to the event. I'll be there to support you. Um, and hopefully my listeners can get behind that too. One last question before we wrap up, Jeffrey, and that is where can my listeners find you online? What's the best place? You've got your podcast, your website, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly it. I mean, to me, it's not hard to find anybody these days. So um, I think what I would, what I would recommend is I like to, I like to form relationships. So if you go to uh, selfemployedbundle.com, any of your listeners can, can download a whole bundle of information that plays really nicely with the book. Things like there's actually a guide in the bundle about how to be an awesome podcast guest, because you and I both know as hosts that, you know, it's hard to get, it's hard to get, not everybody's good as a guest. <laughs> and if you have something, if you have a message you want to get out there in the world, it's really hard today to get on a podcast. So I have a, I've put together a whole guide as a host myself. I also provide diagrams of things I talk about in the book, like hug marketing and the emotional journey, like things that are very doable for self-employed people that are described in the book. And this actually has all the diagrams that are inside the book in this bundle. So it's this uh, selfemployedbundle.com. Awesome. Maybe part two, we can do how to be a good guest because I know it's a hot topic right now. People want to get onto podcasts. Oh uh, man, I, uh, Jules, I think you'll appreciate this. I exactly what that's the problem, right? It's become the hottest marketing thing out there. So people have got, gotten so cheesy about it. And I get so many bad pitches. One day I got a pitch that was so bad from someone, it was somebody's assistant, but I know the person they were pitching. The pitch was so bad. I went on a rant on social media and some, and a few, and a few people said, well, the, I didn't call the person out cause I wouldn't do that. But a few yep, people yeah, said, yeah. why don't you teach us how to be a better guest? So in four days, I pulled together an entire uh, two hour masterclass on how to be a better podcast guest, how to pitch, how to present yourself yeah. the podcast, how to find yeah. podcasts. And it's all in this guide that's in the bundle. Yeah. Uh, I know it's a bit off the topic. I know we're at the end of the episode, but what I reckon just, just from my personal experience, personalization, just hundred percent best way to go. I'll just, Oh yeah. Just, yeah. 
it just to me, it's make your point. Like I don't have, I'm not going to do the work, right? So if you're not clear on on what your message is, don't be pitching. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> Jeffrey, thank you so much. The Self-Employed Life book will be coming out on what, it's May 2021 and you can pre-order yep. in March. Uh, well, uh, March March goes for pre-order, Mar- mid-March it'll be available for pre-order. It launches fully on uh, May 4th. Awesome. May the 4th be with you. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for going to Story Jailing Secrets, Jeffrey. Thanks, Jules. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation today with Jeffrey Shaw from the Self-Employed Life Podcast. I'm going to leave all his social media handles down below his podcast if you want to grab. Uh, I'm going to, as this will be published, you will be able to pre-order his book, which will be released on May 4th. And you will also be able, I'll also leave his, what he just said at the end there, you can grab his little masterclass on how to get onto podcasts, how to be a good guest. So all the goodies are going to be linked down below in the description. Other than that, oh, you will you will be able to find that as well on julesdan.com. I am publishing now on my website. So either on the podcast, or on the website, you will be able to find it. But other than that, thanks a lot for tuning in to Storytelling Secrets. This is Jules Dan. Have a good week. I'll see you on Monday for the solo show. Bye for now.